This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Kicking off this summer series, Tips for Cooler Summer. And today, I'm going to speak on this subtopic, Keep Calm and Live by Faith. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you if you're willing to receive it. Say amen. amen. To the book of Joshua, chapter number 6, verse number 1. One of the cool stories out of the Old Testament that I just absolutely love to read and speak about. And it will be the kind of the, the launching pad for this morning's message. Joshua, chapter 6, verse number 1. We read, now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel, no one, no one went out, no one came in. And the Lord spoke to Joshua. I love how this word starts out with a comma. We pause after hearing it or seeing it. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to Joshua. See? Have you ever, have you ever had a conversation with someone that you just wanted to make your point? You said, see? You kind of did it with some attitude. See? See? The Lord spoke to Joshua, see, as though maybe Joshua had doubted, as though Joshua possibly, possibly was struggling in his faith. The Spirit of the Lord said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. See, you can take me at my word. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Verse 3, but you're going to have to march around the city. All the men of war circling the city once, you shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and it shall be it shall be. Some of you need to get that word in your spirit. It shall be. It's not up for debate. I have given you Jericho. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people that shall, all the people shall shout rather with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat. When it comes to this thing called life, God can and God will perform the supernatural. He will perform miracles. He can do that which seems impossible. Stacy Jones stepped into this pulpit leading our worship team and for some of you I hope you weren't too distracted you possibly heard her and she was in the spirit of the Lord when she said it the enemy wants you to think that there's a lot of things in your life that are completely impossible but God can and God will continue to do that which seems impossible the very thing that you think will never change God's in the changing business the very thing that you think will keep you down and keep you out, God's in the chain-breaking business 
Can I get a hot summer Sunday? Amen. God can and God will do the miraculous, but you ready for this? God will not do what you can do in the natural to bring about the supernatural miracle. Here's how you're going to see it in your notes. In your notes, it reads this way. God provides the miracle while we participate in the miracle. It's one thing to lean on the Lord and trust in the Lord. It's a whole nother level when you partner with the Lord. I've told this funny little story so many times through the years, but there's some folks here today that's never heard it. So for all of you that have heard the story, just, just act like it's good. Just give me a little courtesy. Oh, that's, that's a good one. And those that have never heard it, the same. We had this awesome piano in our home that we needed to move from one room to the other. And after I threw my vertebrae out and my hamstrings and my shoulders and everything else that belongs to me was hurt, I chose to call my backup plan and Jeff and Tim Downs. And them boys came over to that house and made it look so simple. I was pushing. I was pulling. I was lifting, and it was just so stubborn it would not move. But when them boys came in with them big guns, y'all know what I'm talking about. They literally were so rude to me. They said, Pastor, Pastor, just get out of the way. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all don't need me. Y'all don't want me. And they were like, no, just get out of the way. Holy Spirit is wanting to let some of you know the thing that's really bothering you and has got you so troubled. It will always remain until you get out of the way and let God do what you can't do. But there was a partnership. I had to call in the help. So it is with you. If you're going to see the miracle take place in your life, you're going to have to call in the help and submit to the miracle working power of God because God wants to provide the miracle and you get to participate in it. Let me give you a few old school statements. I had to reach back. I had to go back to my upbringing. And I just kind of got into my preaching mode privately right here in my own office at the church and and I just preached myself happy thinking about what God can and what God will do. And if I say something in the next 30 seconds that has been proven true in your life, I need you to talk to me today and I need you to say amen. God can and will answer prayer. He'll make a way. He'll lift a burden. Now some of y'all saying amen just because you wanted to talk. I'm looking for the folks that can honestly say God can lift a burden. He'll dry tear-stained eyes. He'll mend a broken heart. He'll regulate confused minds. And look at your neighbor and say amen. He'll pick you up. He'll put you on solid ground. God will be a friend when nobody else seems to care. 
He'll make your enemies your footstool, the Bible says. The Bible says that he'll lead you into green pastures of plenty. He'll lead you beside the still waters of peace. God can and God will lead you into the paths of righteousness. He'll prepare a table of preparation before your enemies. He'll give you a cup of joy that not only will not run dry, but it will continually to overflow. I'm talking about what God can and what God will do. But there's something that he won't do, and that's the things that you can do. God wants to know if you're just wanting to lean on him or if you're wanting to partner with him. Because a lot of things in this life that trouble us, he places in our hands. And if we'll participate in the miracle, he will provide it. Look over into your New Testament. Turn to the right. And we're going to cross over into the New Testament. And we're going to go to the fourth gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 14. And I want you to see in verse number 1. Two powerful beginning words that really set this sermon to another level. And it starts this way in John 14, verse number 1. Let not, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Young people, listen to me preach this morning. Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And if you know anything about Scripture, this is how it all was unfolding. Jesus, at one point, gathered these gentlemen and gathered their families to come and partner with him in ministry. And for about, about three and a half years, these men walked with him, they talked with him, they fellowshiped with him, they communed with him. In other words, wherever he went, they went. Whatever he did, they were a part of it. And they're celebrating the Passover, and Jesus drops a bombshell on them and says, by the way, I'm about to ascend back to my father. I'm about to leave you. And instantly, all of these men that had given their livelihood over to Jesus, they instantly were struck with fear. They were struck with worry. They were struck with doubts. They were struck with, oh my goodness, you're leaving we left our jobs to follow you, and now you're leaving. We drug our families out here, and now you're leaving. We've seen you do things that no human being in and of himself can do, and now you're leaving. And Jesus sensed it. He read their facial expression. He saw their body language, and he knew, he sensed that they were troubled, and they were worried. And something was happening in their thoughts that was bringing their emotions in a line with their thoughts. They went from smiling to frowning. They went from joy to being sad. And he read their mail. And Jesus spoke these words. Whoa, I sense something happening in the room. 
Let not your hearts be troubled. In a hot summer, man, it seems like not only is the temperature hot, not only is the sun beating down in Texas, but in the hot summer months, life has a way of becoming a little bit more troublesome than other times. Kids are out of school. Families trying to have a few days of vacation. Then you throw in the break of schedule and the norm changes with holidays thrown in the middle. And then finances get tight. Then husbands and wives struggle in keeping the right schedule with each other. And then kids get attitudes. Come on, somebody. I thought I'd have a better amen than that. Y'all must, must have some angels. Kids get some attitudes. And kids get attitudes. Mom and daddy get some attitudes. And the next thing you know, you got one of them funeral fans at the house. One of them funeral fans. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all grew up around the funeral. You got the funeral fans, and you're like, it's, 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 somebody needs to turn it down in here. It's getting a little hot. I'm about to kill somebody up in this house. I'm about to stab somebody. I'm about to throw something. I'm just about to, I'm out. <laughs> and a tip for a cooler summer comes right from the very passage of John when Jesus spoke to his disciples, Jesus speaks the same word to you today. You need to keep calm. Let not your heart be troubled. He used the word here, cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A. You would hear that word if you're in medical field or if you've had a family member that sought the, the, the uh, treatment of a cardiologist the study of the heart, the cardiovascular system, this little organ that sits right up here in the upper left part of your chamber of the chest, the torso, that serves a mighty purpose of pumping blood in and through your body. But that's not the use of the word cardia that Jesus speaks of. It's not this organ that could fail you sometimes to cause you to have a stent or a replacement or bypass. He actually speaks of cardia, meaning the seat of, of your thoughts and emotions. And Jesus said, you need to check your heart. You need to check your thinking. You need to check your emotions. I've already told you I'm leaving. Now, for some of you, y'all, you guys kind of like a little bit more theology than some. Let me share something with you. You got to keep this in context. You know, a lot, a lot of times when a preacher pulls a scripture out, at times it's okay, but most of the time you really need a little full context to understand the setting. This is, which, this is one of which you need the context of things. Not only is he about to ascend, but if you've been spirit-filled in your life, you understand that this message that Jesus is telling them that he's about to leave is actually the key that unlocks the door that the Holy Spirit will be poured out. So they should not have any fear in them but yet they chose to live by their emotions and their feelings rather than live by faith. Everyone say, stay calm. They got worked up thinking our lifeline is leaving. The one that multiplied fish and bread to feed 5,000 when we were hungry, he's leaving. The one that gives blind, uh, blind eyes, 
new vision, he's leaving. The one that cast out evil spirits, he's leaving. And instantly they're worried about, what's this going to make me? How's this going to deal with me? What's the fallout going to be for me? And Jesus saw it and he said, hey, 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 I'm going to provide a miracle. But you need to participate in this and you need to do what you can do that I can't do for you. You need to calm down and keep your thoughts in check. Because if you can keep your thoughts in check, you're going to keep your emotions in check. So take a deep breath. I I grew up in the time, I'm I'm 43 years old. And for some of you, this is going to be... Uh, this is going to be so old, man, because when I was a teenager, you know, little sayings come and go, sayings come and go, little phrases come and go. When I was a teenager, when somebody was worked up and when somebody was all frazzled and they were just, just, just becoming unraveled, we said the words, man, you need to chill out. Now, that's kind of old, right, especially in this service. I said it in the first service and none of ever heard of it. But this service, you're like, that's old. See, I'm bringing it back. I got a seven-year-old that'll hit you with it. Chill out. She thinks it's cool. (laughs) This is what Jesus basically said. You're unraveled and you're breaking down over nothing. You need to chill out. You need to stay calm. Let not your heart be troubled. Can I just help somebody in this second service today? A lot of your problems would be minimized if you just changed the way you're thinking. Because if you'll change the way you're thinking about your problems, your emotions will fall in line and you'll start breathing a little easier and you won't get so worked up so quickly. When is it important to keep our hearts in check, to keep the seat of our thoughts and emotions in check? Here it is right here in your notes today. Keep calm in troubling times. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. In the last day, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Can I get an amen that we're living in the last days? How do you know that, Pastor Tommy? Just look around you. We're living in troubling times. And the Bible prophesied about it. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blaspheming, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers, despisers of those that are good. In the last days there will be traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Verse number 5 really says it well. In the last days, there'll be perilous times, men and women having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Somebody say, it's troubling. We're living in troubling times. And if there's ever been a time that you need to keep your hearts from being troubled, it's in troubling times. All you have to do is turn on your nightly news and you'll see one ISIS attack after the other. It's troubling. You'll turn on your nightly news and there'll be the report of an unhinged leader of North Korea and crazy thinking. That's pretty troubling. 
All you have to do is turn on your news or even talk to a stranger or talk to a neighbor, talk to a family member. And all you hear is that, that, that crazy, ungodly, unbiblical, liberal agenda being shoved down your throats. It's troubling. And the Bible says, in troubling times, not when things are going great, not when you're on the mountaintop, not when your marriage is perfect, not when your kids are behaving, not when you got money in your pocket, not when you got job security. No, no, no. Those aren't the times. Those are good times. But there are very few good times in the last days. In the last days, the enemy wants your marriage on the rocks, wants your kids going crazy, wants your pocketbook in the, in the red. In the last days, you want your job having a lot of insecurity. You want, you want tumultuous times, chaotic seasons. And the Bible says, in troubling times, I'll do the miracle, but you're going to have to keep your heart in check. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you need to calm down. I don't want to just tell you what to do. Let me show you in Scripture on how to do it. Are you okay today? Let me show you in Scripture on how to do it. Number one, if you're going to keep calm in troubling times, number one, you're going to have to allow, big word, key word, you're going to have to, you, 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 you. You're going to have to allow your faith to override the facts. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Someone say faith. You're going to have to allow, you're going to have to set free your faith to override the facts. Now, I spent a lot of time in the first service on this, and I'm going to do the same right here. A lot of people have this idea of faith backwards. Faith in God is not, is not ignoring facts. You could get into some crazy doctrine if you think that faith is ignoring facts. You've heard people say it, you know. They got 103 fever. I don't have fever. <laughs> Doctor tells them they got cancer. I don't have cancer. She done filed divorce. We're not getting divorced. They laid you off. I ain't laid off. You sign into your bank account and it's red and it's flashing, stop, stop, stop spending. And you say, uh-uh, my father owns a cattle of a thousand hills. I'm going to swipe it again. <laughs> you reach in your pocket, you ain't got one thing in there. But God's going to provide. I, I put it on my tab. <laughs> Let me tell you all something. Faith is not ignoring facts. Now, I'm going to help y'all. I'm going to give you a tip to be cool this summer. Some of y'all need this sermon. You walked in today for this sermon, and this sermon is for you. And you got to get it down in your heart. You got to 
face the facts, number one. Face them. If your marriage is on the rocks, face it. You know why most people end up divorcing? Because they wait too long to face it. And then they get served and they're like, let's go to counseling. Man, you're six months too late for counseling. $20,000 worth of credit card debt. Pastor, when is that? When's that? When, when's that Dave Ramsey finance? Man, you, you're about 19000 in debt too late. Y'all tracking with me? Pastor, I need help with my, my issues, man. What's your issues? Well, you know, I drink six days a week. I lie seven. <laughs> Is there any hope for me? There's hope for you, but it's going to be a miracle. I wish we would have talked six months ago when you was just dabbling with social drinking. We could have had something to work with, but now we're going to have to really put it on God. Are y'all following what I'm trying to say? Face the facts, man. Face them. Face them. You're an alcoholic. Face the fact. You, 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 have, you have lying issues. Face the fact. You've got dishonesty issues. Face it. You've got money problems. Face it. The first step of real faith working in your life is face the fact. But then what you do is you have your facts face faith. And once you establish the facts... And you present facts to faith. Faith will always trump facts. Faith, uh, facts unfaced. They have no option other than to rule your life. But you face the facts, take them, and tap into this thing called faith. Faith will always trump facts. Facts were Abraham and Sarah, a baby, never going to happen. Faith named him Isaac. We faced the facts. Faith got involved. Facts were, you'll never cross a body of water without a bridge or a boat. Faith got involved. And God split the Red Sea and let the children of Israel walk through on dry ground. Somebody say, face the facts. Facts were, Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. That was the simple facts. But faith closed their mouths and let the man of God see another day. Face the facts, but always take the facts and then tap them into faith, and faith will always win. Facts were Jesus died. Unbelievers would say, I just don't believe it. Even if he did, I don't think he really died because you always say he's kind of like all God, all man. He really didn't die. Facts were Jesus died. He died for you. And the facts were he was placed into a tomb. The facts were a stone was rolled over it. The facts were the facts were the facts. But faith said, come see me in three mornings. We're going to call it Easter from here on after. It's going to be the power of the resurrection. Because faith will always trump the facts. So for all of you this morning, you walked in and you saw Jericho. And the walls were built up tall. And the walls were built real thick. The fact is that you have a problem in your life. In the hot summer month of July, you got a problem in your life. But my faith 
has come by just to preach to you that Jesus, just like God told Joshua, Jesus told his disciples, and Jesus is telling you today, let not your heart be troubled. See, I've given you Jericho. I just want to know if you'll partner with me and worship until that wall comes down. And Jesus told his disciples, if you believe in God, you believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I'll go, and then I'm going to come back to get you. Let not your heart be troubled. Hebrews 11 and verse number 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders that had all kind of problems, the elders that went through all kind of persecution, the elders that went through all kind of trials and tribulations, they obtained, they obtained a good report by faith. Somebody say, keep calm and live by faith. What's got you so worked up this summer? What about the future has troubled you so much that it's got you unraveling? It's got you so stirred up. Holy Spirit, won't you just take a deep breath? <sighs> Relax and know that you've got a coin to flip. You can live by fear or you can live by faith. I'll tell you what fear is going to do. Fear is going to make you lose your mind in a troubled world. Fear is going to make you want to quit on your family when things get tough. Fear is going to make you walk out of a job that God gave you. Fear is going to make you want to mail it in and walk out and leave everyone that loves. Fear will make you leave a church. Fear will make you leave a marriage. Fear of the unknown will make you lose everything that you've ever gotten and that was ever given to you. Why don't you choose to say no to fear, check your heart, and live by faith. Worship team come this morning. I've specifically asked my friend Adam to help me today. And, and I know there's a lot of moving parts. Everybody stirred up and don't put, your, don't, don't put your things in your purse yet. Don't close your Bible yet. And don't look at them yet. I'm better looking than them. That's the facts. And by faith I believe it. <laughs> Don't be messing with my faith. Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Matthew 17, 20, somebody get a hold of it this morning. Matthew 17, 20 says, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and you speak to the fact, the mountain, if you speak to the mountain, remove hence to yonder place, it shall remove. Why? Matthew 17, 20 says, because nothing shall be impossible unto you. To me, to you that chooses to believe and live by faith and not by fear. You realize there's couples all throughout this church in the first service and in the second service that I have seen them get to their breaking point, but God has them still together. 
I've seen couples in this church in the first and the second service that were told they wouldn't ever have a baby, but they're rocking them to sleep every night. I've seen people in this church say, I'll never get a good job, and now they got the best jobs money can give them. I've seen families in this church, boy, they were never going to be in a position to buy a house, and now they own a house. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacy said it well, better than the preacher could ever say it. Whatever the enemy is telling you is impossible. It just got possible in Matthew 17 and 20. If you just believe the size of a mustard seed, if you just got a little bit of faith, well, how much faith does that take? How much faith has God given you? The Bible says he's given you a measure of faith. How much is a measure for the size of your problem? God's for you. He's not giving you faith this big and a problem this big. He's giving you faith this big and a problem this big. God's in your corner. He's not looking for you to fail. He's looking for you to walk on top of your problems. He just wants to know will you partner with him to see the miracle that he wants to provide. Prayer partners quickly come. Y'all want some good news? Everybody say, give me some good news. <laughs> Let's just be for real today. Y'all want some bad news or some good news? Bad news is it's hot outside. Y'all ready for the good news for real? Here's the good news. Things are going to get better for you. How do you know things are going to get better for me, Pastor? Because this is what the Bible said. You let not your heart get troubled. In other words, this is your homework. You keep your emotions in check. Don't you start living out of fear. Don't you start living out of that. You do what you can do. And then Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I shall come back and receive you. You talk about things getting better. He not only wants to help you walk through these perilous times, but Jesus says in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there's many mansions. And if it weren't so, I wouldn't tell you. But this is the facts. And when I return, I want to find you not waving the white flag of surrender to the world, not departing your faith and walking into sin, but I want to find you faithful. I want to find you with your head up. I want to find you with your hands lifted. And I want to find you like Joshua. I want to find you with your worship until the walls have come down. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. I'm going to say it one more time. I hope it gets in you, gets in your heart. Things are going to get better. Your marriage is going to get better. Your finances are going to get better. You and your babies, it's going to get better. You and your family that are odds with each other, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. 
because he's coming home. He's coming home to his children, and he's going to take us back to glory. It don't get any better than that. I asked them to sing this specific song at this specific time. Because some of you have questioned, will the wall that's up in my life ever come down? Yes. Let not your heart be troubled. God is on the throne. Take our lights down, everyone stand. At this very moment, if you need God to perform a miracle in your life, I need you to participate with God and give Him freedom to do the miracle. These altars are open. Adam, step up and sing it like you've never sung it before. These altars are open. God wants to do something special. King around.